With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, October 18th. This is episode number 220. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Well, they're, they're going pretty good, Rod. Um, you know, I'm... I just started watching the Browns this year, I've been told, and and um, I don't know a hell, hell of a lot about anything, but I think that was a pretty big win this week. Well, I thought it was, you know, until I started looking at some of the, you know, the, the rankings and, you know, these power power rankings they do and all that. And apparently, you know, some people think it didn't matter, but I mean, we know differently. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, what can I say? We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, <sighs> But yeah, so um, yeah, it was a great game. We had a great weekend. Um, here to talk talk about the game, the weekend, and everything else is our friend Nick Huber, who we had the the, uh, the uh, you know we were fortunate enough to to get to meet and um, talk a bit to um, Sunday at the uh, Top Dog Tailgate. Um, Nick Huber, uh, follow him at n Huber four. Hey Nick, how are things going? Hey, they're going pretty good. Having a little fun, uh, which really is, you know, sums up what I'm about with the Browns. You'll see, as I mentioned to you, when you offered to have me on, I'm very honored and, and pr- feel privileged to do that, my first podcast. And uh, I was like, I'm not the most knowledgeable, but I have a lot of fun, you know, and that's what this Browns is. I, I ain't even seen any of the stuff that you're, mentioning yet any you know rankings or opinions about the browns at this point but i'll tell you what i'm having fun and uh get into eventually that's really what my fandom with the browns is about because it doesn't go back in history like so many of your associates and friends and and fans that were in that stadium well we've been waiting a long time to have fun nick so glad glad we could all have you know have that together yeah yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the uh, let's let's start out just by, uh, you know, tipping our caps to the top dog tailgate. Man, that that place was hopping Sunday. A uh, lot of lot of fans there just having a having a good time. Those guys uh, do a great job. Um, got to talk to quite a few people there. And and Nick not only comes to that tailgate. Um, when you, I guess when you're going to a game, but, but you also bring your, your, uh, your fudge to, to the tailgate. And I got a chance to have some, it was pretty darn good. I gotta say. Good, good, good. I hope everybody liked it. I, I like to do that. You know, it's something I like to do. I get excited to come and meet people. As you said, at the top dog tailgate, that's one of the things that I look forward to once I, uh, kind of, uh, uh found out about them. It's it was a lot nicer, in, in my opinion, than trying to come from Toledo, you know, at the at the crack of dawn and get the grill going and tailgate. There's certainly some specialness about that, but to be able to just get there early and go to a ready-made tailgate where everybody's, you know, great, cordial, fun to each other, whether it's uh, the opposing team's fans or our fans, and and then to run in some people from twitter is always a bonus so uh, i love it there yeah it was a lot of fun and um 
and Jeff, you mentioned this on Twitter, but, uh, you know, I, 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 we talk a little bit about it on the podcast. You got some, you know, some dietary needs in that. And these guys took care of you on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. They're good people. Um, and they always have, I always have done a fine job putting together that tailgate. They were, were really privileged to be able to spend some time with them. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so Nick, we have come to the time where, where we will, uh, turn things over to you. We'd, we'd like to hear about your, your Browns journey, your Browns fandom, kind of how, how it came to, um, kind of how it came about and um does i guess anything you'd like to share with us i'll just turn it over to you yeah i will i I think you know some of this will be surprising and um interesting maybe compelling but i think uh you know the folks might be interested to hear that i was a san francisco 49er fan for a long time so I'll, i'll tell you how that came about and how that ended um growing up in toledo in the 70s all right kind of um aging myself here i i grew up you know when you're in toledo you're like a detroit fan or a cleveland fan and there's not really a lot of basketball fans that growing up that i knew it was my favorite sport to play but following a nba team i don't know a lot of other people that really did the celtics were big but you had uh, detroit lion fans and and cleveland fans the, the uh, david briggs from the blade wrote an article after this game referencing uh, uh, something that happened. They, they cut the game off here early. I don't know if you had heard that. It was like a minute 56 left, and, and they cut the game off because it's a Detroit market for the NFL, and the rules are you have to start when they do. So it really, really blew up here, and he wrote an article about it in there. He wrote that um, he, he's a, just, he said it's like an educated guess, 45% Browns, 35% Lions, and 20 other. So mm-hmm. but when I grew up, I don't really remember. My dad might have been a Lions fan, but he was more an NFL fan and, and a college football fan. We're big Notre Dame families. But on Sunday, he would watch any game from what I remember. And in, in grade school, and that I always still like to be outside playing pass and tap and playing. I had a brother who was a Pittsburgh fan, but I really didn't, you know, and I, I can mention some names, Ed Podolak, Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath. These were all NFL heroes from my day, you know, and we knew them all and we wanted to be like them all. And um, mm-hmm. I found a, a, a art a art picture I did in grade school of a Kansas City chief helmet, you know, and why that was, I don't know. I sat down and that's what I did. But somewhere in high school, I, I took attraction to um, Ken Stabler Fred Bolitnikoff and those guys from the Raiders. And what I found in myself, once that team kind of blew up, I didn't really see myself as much of a Raider fan, even though Plunkett came in shortly after. They're still winning Super Bowls, you know. So I wasn't really jumping off a bandwagon because they weren't good. But then I, I kind of went as, as a guy without a team with my my cousin would tell me that's un-American. He couldn't he could <laughs> that, that I didn't have a team, right? So Joe yeah. Montana comes out of Notre Dame. I followed him into San Francisco. We all know the history there. I won't spend a lot of time, but most people, if they see me and haven't seen me for years, and some do, they're like, wow, you're a Browns fan? How'd that happen? And, and I kind of tell them what I'm about ready to tell you, but when the way Joe Montana left San Francisco and the way they kind of treated him, the way I say it, uh, wasn't a big Steve Young fan, but my San Francisco 49er days were over just like that. Matter of fact, I followed him over Kansas City for a couple years with uh, Marcus Allen, and I thought it was interesting just kind of follow them to see can they really take the take those guys to uh, to the Super Bowl. And of course, we know he got hurt, and it was over. So I went, you know what, 20 years or so really with no no team. And the, the, the beauty of that is when you don't have, and you're not vested, every Sunday is nice. You know, you're watching good games, the Super Bowls, you know, as Brady came in and, 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 and took over the NFL for a while. To see the different Super Bowls, the way they ended up was kind of cool because I had no dog in the fight other than, the squares that I had in front of me, hoping that I could win something, right? Right. 
took a job in uh, 2004. I was working for a consulting firm and I traveled a lot of the tri-state here. And there was a lot of my clients. So uh, there's a manufacturing consulting firm in the Cleveland area. So I started, became a, a follower of the Browns, if you will, because I would hear them talk about it. And in 2013, I used to reward the consultants by taking them to dinner and stuff. But this time, I took four guys to the Browns game. It was uh, September 29th. I had to look it up and look at the pictures. Hoyer was the quarterback. Uh, Chudzinski was the coach who went to the same high school I did, by the way, several years after me. But I had a little bond there. So I walk in, you know, and I'm kind of feeling this. And I'm looking around. Hadn't been to an NFL game in I couldn't remember when it was probably the Browns and the Raiders in the old stadium prior to that. And uh, they won, you know, that was magical. And here was the moment I'm walking out of there feeling good with everybody had good seats too, like two or three rows from the field. It's just amazing to me. And here comes a couple of young kids. I'll say maybe college age and they come skipping out of there. Super Bowl, one win, you know, and, and, and I see that it looked, um, Ice Cube, Eric at the t top dog, he says it over the microphone, Super Brown, Super Bowl. So I, guys, I fell, I fell for the Browns fans as much as I did the Browns. Yeah. The next year I said, man, I'm going to get in on this, right? So I'm getting on this bandwagon and, and I get season tickets. I'm going to several games each year. I'm, I'm donating a couple to, to, um, to, charities for their raffles and things like that and i'm giving them some away and i'm following along and i'm just having a great time with this seeing all of a sudden some of these heartbreaks that you guys have known for years and and i'm always quick to tell people look yeah i'm a browns fan no doubt this is how it happened but i can't claim that if you will that i always like can't I struggle for the right words, but I can't claim that misery or whatever. You know, I dogs for life, a lot of the Twitter cliches and that, you know, look, I'm just a Browns fan enjoying this. And and I see now I understand more because I sat through some of these endings. We thought we were gonna see one this past weekend. When mm -hmm. he lined up, when 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 we lined up for that 50 yarder. I'm like, shit, this is where we missed the field goal. And even if we make it, it's still, we still got work to do, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, San Francisco's going to kick a field goal. He's not going to miss this. He's not supposed to miss it. He never misses. He never misses. My wife's a Michigan fan. And so she knew about him. She said, yeah, I would have bet $10,000. He was going to make that. But here's the funny thing. I don't know what you guys saw, but, we know there was a lot of Niner fans at that game and so many that they were able to start their own chance and take over a little bit defense, defense. And I thought, wow, I don't really think I've seen Dallas has a lot of fans at our stadium, but I don't remember too many chants taken over that way. But no. so where I was, I was in section 540 and I was down, I, I had found better seats down below, but if you can picture that I'm looking across from the, the, the dog pound, I'm looking at the dog pound, but I'm looking to the right to watch this field goal. And as it kind of it seemed to take off funny, I was like, just instantly, right? Because it's happening fast when you're in the stadium. Like, oh, he missed that. And then all of a sudden I hear everybody cheer. And I look in that end zone. There's so many Niner fans there that I thought it was the Niner fans cheering because he made it. <laughs> and, then, and then my buddy's next to me. He goes, oh, shit, he missed it. And I looked down and I seen all the Browns jumping around like a bunch of grade school football players who just won the game. And so then to see those replays after on TV, like they were all sitting there thinking what I just said a minute ago, right? He's going to make this. He's supposed to make this. We're supposed to lose another one this way. And then it didn't happen, guys. And that was just the greatest feeling. And so I got to experience that other than you know, different than just the game where we go in. I've seen several wins over the years there um, and said several, you know, just straight out losses, but them heartbreaks that come and go, that was supposed to be one and it wasn't. 
And what a, how beautiful was that, right? Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty much my story. I, I don't have season tickets anymore, unfortunately. I, I work on Sundays now, and um, I had to, I gave them up because it, it just made sense financially not to keep them and try to get rid of them. Uh, it's a lot of work to do that. I've already talked to some, a few people that, you know, are having trouble getting rid of them um, mm-hmm. they, when they can't go. So um, I bought tickets for this game. It's the only game that I'll be able to go to just because I was on vacation this week. I said, yeah, I'm going to take advantage of this. And it, the experience did not let me down whatsoever from from preparing for it, the drive there with one friend and and meeting you guys and then you know, getting a chance to tell this story. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And I thank you again. Absolutely. I'm mean, you, uh, you picked, you picked the right game or, or at least a good game to go to Nick. Mm-hmm. I can say that. So, so yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a story we have not heard. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, very cool. Very cool. Thanks for sharing all that with us. Yes, sir. So, so we'll, uh, We'll go over a little bit of Browns news, and then we'll then we'll get back into the game. Um, I really don't have a lot of news other than the uh, just the, I guess the injury report. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on Watson because we talked about it last week, but uh, he may or may not go. So uh, so I would think PJ Walker's um, in line. I would I would be surprised if Walker wouldn't be the starter again if Watson doesn't go. Um, we, we have, uh, um, what, six or eight guys on the injured list. Um, Tillman and Batonio both, uh, practiced somewhat today. Um, and then defensively, we got Walker and Newsom out. Um, and then, uh, Hunt and Bryant out. As far as not practicing, Michael Dunn to the IR um, with his calf. Um, yeah, kind of. It, it's 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 unfortunate, but it, it's somewhat interesting because the uh, you know there's been all this talk that we'll we'll get into a little bit later about you know how how the 49ers had all these injuries in this game and and uh, you know and that's why. It, that's why the Browns were able to beat them and everything. And now we look at this injury report and the, the Browns are really banged up too. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, and that's before you look at all the guys that were out in that game. Yep. So hopefully yep. some of these, hopefully more of these guys will be ready to play by Sunday. But, um, but yeah, it, it's a little early in the week to know, I guess for sure, which guys will be ready to go. So, yeah. We had yeah. quite a few out for that Frisco game, right? <clears throat> Five or six. Yeah. 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 Quite a few guys out, but um, yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. You know, right. it's, uh, it's really starting to take a toll, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Well, you could really see yeah. the guy step up, though. You could, like you could see him embracing. This is the, the way it is, and let's do this anyway. Yeah. Uh, some of the play that you saw was just people stepping up. Ford blasting through there. Um, Goodwin running through that. And Goodwin's run, a couple of things that I saw, um, our, our friend Spider posted a video. that he He's one of the ones he likes to go home and watch the game over, and I like that because people pull the good stuff out. And I, I kept trying to slow this down, but I, I think it was uh, – I don't know if it was uh, uh, Cooper or maybe um, – well, so, somebody like took two two defenders on. It's like a key block on that big run by Goodwin, and I and I had to stop and reverse that. Donovan People Jones, I think that's who it was. If you catch that that uh, little clip that Spider put up there, you look at that, and there was just things like that going on all day. PJ getting the tackle on his own interception. You know, I yeah, just, that was impressive. I kept yeah. seeing people stepping up and saying, "We're going to do this." Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that just kind of brings to mind, you know, the, the thought there's there's the expression, you know, any given Sunday, you know, we know that pretty much any team can beat any team in the NFL. But I think, you know, when you're talking about the 49ers who are five and oh, and everybody's 
recognizing them as not only uh, you know one of the top defensive units but also one of the top offensive units just a just a team that looked you know like like uh, like they would really be uh, you know a tough a tough draw for any team um, and then the Browns were able to to play this game against them in the manner that they did down several starters um, for me I mean I think that just kind of kind of says how how balanced the talent uh, in the NFL can be um, you know and how it's you know how it's more about um, you know not just effort but guys being ready to go out there and prove something because this Browns team was clearly um, not pleased with the way they were you know not being respected Right. prior to this game um and that played a lot into it um so and j- did, did, j- go ahead bring that up didn't pj say something was made personal because of something somebody said from the 49ers did you hear that well i mean like, there, there was that came out of, they came out of the tunnel pushing and shoving yeah yeah and i i think the browns are the wrong team to do that with the browns have some big dudes Right. Well, we missed that, by the way. We got in the stadium. We were late catching that little scuffle. So, yeah, we yeah we didn't see that scuffle either. I mean, I think we we saw it. I think replayed mm-hmm. uh, once we were in there. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. Um, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, the the offensive line um, is is uh, a potential issue, but hopefully uh, Batonio will be back this week at least to plug one of those spots. Right. Um, you know that that's that's big. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't even I'll be honest, guys, I don't even know where to start with this game. There there is so much to talk about just um you know just from the beginning when the Niners went down and and scored and ended up going up by 10 um you know and and I'm sure a lot of people especially nationally thought probably thought the game was over at that point you know that there's no way the Browns are going to come back on the 49ers defense at that point yeah but the but the Browns did. The Browns were able to score, and the Browns' defense got to a spot where they were giving up absolutely nothing to that Niners' defense for quite a while in the game. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that was – the offense played nice and moved the ball nice, and they moved it enough for the uh, defense, you know, to catch their breath between series. Yeah. But this game was about the defense. It was. JOK back there. Oh my gosh. I love that guy, man. I'll tell you. He Um, played a great game. Um, He did. Emerson with his, with his pick and, and that, um, Jeff, Jeff, let's get some of your thoughts on, on the defensive effort. Some, some, any of the players or anything else you want to mention? Yeah. You could just see that, that, uh, Brock Purdy was really out of sync early on. Um, I think that was kind of the story of the game was that, you know, he never really got into a groove. Um, our offense, like you said, did just enough to to keep our defense off the field and keep them fresh. Um, I was, I'm still hoping that we're going to see the defense put some points on the board at some point. That was kind of, I think the only thing missing in that game was they still haven't mm-hmm. done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it was a really solid defensive effort. Um, and, you know, until that last drive, um, I, I think our defense really was untouchable for the 49ers. I mean, it was the first drive and the last drive. Everything in between was, you know, we, we had them locked down. 
Um, but man, it just, they made it interesting enough in that last drive that, that uh, it could have gone either way. True. Yeah. I mean, just um, yeah, looking at some of the stats, I mean, uh, and I was tempted to look back at what Brock Purdy had done in other games, but it's obvious that this was um, had to have been his worst game of the season. Numbers wise, you know, I mean, he completed 12 passes, right? Um, You know, I'm sure that's probably half of what he's completed in in most games so far, you know, 12 to 27 for 125 yards. Um, That's Mm -hmm. that's not the San Francisco offense. Um, And McCaffrey rushing for 43 yards. And I know people say he was hurt and he was out. You know, he was he was on the field a lot. Um, Yeah. You know, so people. I think some of these people just saw highlights who were jumping in on these conversations and saying that, you know, while San Francisco was down Debo and McCaffrey, well, not really. Um, The Browns were shutting McCaffrey down when he was out there playing. Yeah. He didn't Um, do that much. Purdy, as we talked about, Rod, is is really good at avoiding sacks. I mean, he he gets rid of the ball. Um, You know, he's he's just a smart guy player when it comes to avoiding sacks so mm-hmm. you know, our line got shut out of, of getting credit for any sacks we got a couple you know with the with the linebackers but um yeah. you know i think against a quarterback who was not so good at at doing that the Browns probably would have had you know a really high sack total in that game because they were putting great pressure on the quarterback um really on every possession and that was really i think that was what you know took him out of his game he was making throws that, you know, he wasn't ready to make. Um, and, and just the, the timing wasn't there for them. So kudos to, to Jim Schwartz and his gang for, you know, having a, a really solid game plan and, and executing it very well against a really good team. Yeah. I, I wonder uh, who's got the stat of how many throwaways he did and how that compares to his normal game, because it seemed like yeah. he won that an awful lot, didn't it? Yeah. A lot. Yes. Yeah. Well, he had 15 incompletions, and yeah, I, you know, there may have been 10 of those that were throwaways. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, they were hot on his trail. I, I had a buddy there who's an is a Niner fan, and I, at, at the one towards the end there, somewhere in the last five minutes, I texted him. I'm like, oh, that that's the Purdy I know. And then and then they scored, I think, and he he you know he answered me back. Typical Browns fan celebrating too soon, and inside I was like. <laughs> But then, everybody thinks they know us. Yeah. yeah. Then, then, yeah. I, then I told him good game at the end, you know, travel safely and it was cordial. But, uh... <laughs> well, there, there was not a lot of jawing afterwards, which is, which is probably because the Browns won. Um, yeah. They've been different if, if it would gone the other way, but um, you know, it's something I'm, I got to tell you guys, just watching this Jim Schwartz defense, this year and what they've done, I've, I'm really coming to the opinion that the sack is just a highly um, over-regarded stat. Um, that just getting pressure on the quarterback is really what changes the game. Mm. It, you know, if yeah. you can get a sack, great. You know, and and we, I've always wanted to see Miles, you know, get that sack record and everything. But man, the, this defense shuts people down without piling up sacks yeah yeah disruptors right good point well that's what that's what lets your your back guys do their thing you know the, the if you're gonna have guys in man coverage they can only do that for so long and that you, you've got to shorten that time down and that's really been the secret so far this year is that every quarterback we've faced has been taken out of his rhythm and and forced to do things they don't want to do and that that plays right into the strength of our secondary. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, I, I, I guess this was the most penalized game this season. Oh my gosh. Um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't one of the most penalized games in NFL history. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> 25 penalties for 224 yards. Wow. I saw um, a stat that, that something like almost half of the 49ers total offense came on via penalty. Yeah, they, they had 215 <laughs> yards of offense and, and um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously some of these 
um, penalties against the Browns were probably, you know, when they had the ball on offense, but the Browns had 119 yards. So I wonder you know, if that a good wasn't just that. A, a, a reaction by the officiating crew to what happened in pregame. You know, they, they saw the teams, you know, pushing and shoving and, and, you know, they thought, well, we, we got to get control of this game because we got to call I mean, it tight. Yeah, there, there were, there were some things that really could have gone either way. I mean, for both teams yeah, and, yeah. and some things that they probably should have just, you know, swallowed their whistle on. Yeah. Out of, out of 25 penalties, you would think, yeah, they, there had to have been more than just a few. Um, but but yeah, and we're going back to this thing again where I don't know if it's 49ers fans or if it's if it's just the national people or, or other people just not wanting to give the Browns credit, but they're going back to that, you know, that last drive the Browns had, oh well there were penalties there that were called that shouldn't have been called. Well Guys, there were penalties throughout the entire game that were that yeah. way. And it's not like the Browns got an advantage in penalties on this throughout this game. Browns yeah. had 13 for 119, and, and the Niners had 12 penalties for 105. Yeah. So it was it was pretty equal, you right. know, each way. Uh, yeah. You know, I think each team probably had some things that benefited them and some things that hurt them over the course of this game. Yeah. So, so to be crying about the penalties, either team, um, I, you know, I, I don't want to hear about it. No. Yeah. But they did. I did like how they made a couple of them right that were obviously should have went in our favor. And uh, and they made it. <laughs> the face mask. The face mask. <laughs> the face mask. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah. yeah. That was I, a bit. I've never wow. seen an official seem like he was talking to the crowd. Right. Versus versus just announcing a penalty. He looked like he was apologizing to the crowd. Right. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, penalties are, are just one aspect of, of how tight NFL games are and, and how slim the margin of victory is. Um, you know, if you if you shoot yourself in the foot enough, it's going to come back to bite you and it, it really both teams did that in this game um just like with turnovers um both teams turned the ball over we turned it over one more time than they did um yeah. those are the things that that factor into you know a win or a loss and it easily could have have gone either way on that last field goal and and all this other stuff wouldn't have mattered you know it's just yeah. that's how tight the nfl is and, yeah, you know, we, we've got to, as a team, we've got to figure out how to play cleaner, um, you know, not get whistled for so many stupid penalties. Um, you know, those first two uh, on the opening drive. Um, my God, they, they, they had the 49ers shut down on that first drive and yeah. they extended that drive on a penalty. So, yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah it, it, it's just a symptom, I think, um, that the. the the NFL is really trying to call a lot of things that they don't necessarily even know how to call. And half the time they've got to review everything um, that, that you they should just be calling on the field. Um, and it just, it, it draws the game out and makes it, makes it so annoying as a fan, you know, yeah. to, to have to sit there and wait, okay, what, what are they going to call this? You know, I mean, I was convinced a yeah. couple of times there that they were gonna they were gonna flip on us, and you know we, we've had plenty of reasons to complain in the past, and this game this game really worked in our favor. It did, and you, you know that that's a good point. I didn't even um, look at the time of when the game was over, how long this game was with all those penalties. It was did long. It make, okay. Yeah. I, I kind of figured it was, but I mean, I wasn't watching a clock. You know, I was just watching that. <laughs> that field goal at the end. So, um, <laughs> but Jeff, I want to get back to something that you mentioned on, on the last show. And that was um, the fact that with, uh, you know, that, that we looked at this game as uh, a measuring stick. I, I can't remember the words you use, but um, you know, um, when the, when the schedule came out and with Watson out that, that we wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Okay. 
So now that the game has been played and the Browns were able to win with with not only backup quarterback, but with some other backup players playing, uh, starting. Do you feel that there's any kind of a read that you can take on this team from this well, game? Certainly, you know, the, 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 the defense is as advertised. Um, I think, you know, they had a little bit of a letdown in the Ravens game, but all in all, this defense is is championship caliber. If, you know, if they can stay healthy and maintain their pace that they're on right now, this is a championship caliber defense. Um, you know, we, we saw that against the Bengals and the Titans. Um, I think the 49ers, you know, reinforced that in my mind that, that yeah, we've, we've got the talent and we've got the ability to be a dominant defense right now. Um, we still don't know what our offense is. And, you know, until everybody's healthy and, and we can get guys on the same page, uh, I don't think we're going to know what our offense is. So we're going to have to rely on the defense to keep us in games and, and hopefully score some points for us from time to time, um, you know, till, till we can figure it out. You know, and it's, it's really based on health and on turnovers. If we mm-hmm. were healthy and we were not turning the ball over, by this point in time, we should have a pretty good read on our offense. But those two things have completely uh, eliminated our ability to do that. So um, I, I just hope that by, you know, the beginning of November, early, you know, into December, we put that behind us. We start playing up to our abilities on offense too. And and then, you know, we're going to string some wins together. Yeah. Yeah. N- um, Nick, what would you, is there anything you want to add to that? Because, while I agree with Jeff, we did see this offense with our, I guess, our third-string quarterback score 17 or 19 points on the uh, yeah. on the 49ers. Not, I, not bad, right? Uh-huh. I would offer up how deep are we on offense, right? Uh, look, Harrison Bryant took a direct snap, right? <laughs> he's, he's listed third, third team. So I don't know. I didn't really think of it much till you just said it, but uh, – you know, this offense is pretty deep and maybe maybe deeper than anybody's really noticed or give credit for. Mm-hmm. Of course, the quarterback is key. You know, he, he played a good game, overcame some mistakes that could have been costly, could have costed the game. Yeah. But, but maybe we're pretty deep on offense and, and nobody knows it till now. Yeah. I, I think we are in some areas. Um, I mean, we, we have... We definitely have some depth at tight end. We definitely have some depth at wide receiver. I mean, and, and and I think just Amari Cooper, you know, every week just proves that he is a number one in this league. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, that he's he's capable of doing it against anybody. Um, yeah. I was, I was happy to see Elijah Moore have what everybody kind of considered his best game as a Brown. Um, you know, they're starting to figure out how to use him. Um, but you know what? The rest of the offense is, is still pretty suspect in my mind. And, and I'm really worried about our line. Um, you know, we've, we've had some injuries. Um, guys have been out. But, um, man, our line, our line as a unit um, is really not playing to their abilities. And I want to see us run block better. Um, I think we saw a little bit of that as the game wore on. Um, but I, really, it, it boiled down to St- Kevin Stefanski, I think, um, scheming guys open, yeah. especially mm-hmm. early in the game, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, with, with um, Kareem releasing out of the backfield and, and Joker releasing and, and, you know, little dink passes and stuff to just kind of slow down that 49er pass rush. Um, but as far as us being able to take it to a good defense like that, um, I beg to differ. I don't, I don't think we, I don't think we really had, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of times where we took it to them. I think we, you know, we tricked them more than we beat them up. Right. What, hey guys, so. what about, what about Jacoby or, uh, 
PJ re reaching out to Jacoby and asking for advice. And so the story goes, he said, if Cooper beats his man off the line, throwing the ball. That seemed that was to great. That happen. worked out pretty well. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it sure did. Wow. Let's hope he, he goes with that plan yeah. and, uh, next week, too, if he if he ends up being the starter. Mm -hmm. yeah. I enjoy saying that. Yeah. So, so guys, let I want to get back to this and you know it was it was a great week and everything but i gotta tell you and jeff and i talked about this and i'm sure a lot of other people talked about it too and i complained about it on twitter already <laughs> going into that stadium and seeing seeing it half filled with red yeah. um 49ers fans and nick you talked about the the defense chance yeah um it, that that bothers me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this is a hard thing to to complain about because I'm telling people to to buy and keep their tickets. You know, and, yeah. and it's not fair for me to tell people how to spend their money. Right. But I, yeah, I agree. I, but it's again, it's if it's eight or nine years, if I went back that I had did have tickets. I think it's the most I've ever seen. I mean, Pittsburgh brings a few in and the Colts for sure. But for some reason, I just felt that was the most. You guys have been with the Browns a long time. Do you think it was one of the most? Uh, I've, I've never, never, I've never I've seen, never anything seen that, that, like that many that. opposing fans in any stadium, Nick. Yeah, Where, ever, I mean, anywhere. Yeah, ever, no. anywhere. I mean, right. for for the almost the the almost half of the lower bowl. To be red jerseys. I mean, I, I took a picture of, of yeah. you know, that's the, the sideline behind the Niners bench. And I mean, half of that bowl was red. And yeah. I mean, until they put on their orange ponchos. But um, that 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 really bothers me as well. I mean, that, that you know, as an organization, um, you know, we don't have more fans that believe in the team that want to be at the games week in and week out. You know, that um, yeah. look at look at their tickets as as something that, you know, it's just a commodity that they can move and, you know, in and out of. Um, didn't used to be like that in this town. Um, you know, it, it was it was in my youth. It was a it was a really strange thing to see somebody else's jersey in a stadium. It you didn't happen. If, Not very if, often. If, if yeah. you wore a Browns jersey to, to Three Rivers Stadium. Um, you probably were going to get the hell beat out of you. Yeah. Um, you know, right. yeah, that, it doesn't happen you know, now. I mean, and, and, you yeah. know, guys like guys come to the tailgates and, you know, we have fun and so forth together, but, but, you know, you're supposed to protect your home stadium and, and for that chant of the, of the 49ers defense late in the game for, for them to really almost drown out our fans. They did chanting yeah. for their defense um i i was dumbfounded when that happened i thought I how the too. hell can we let that happen yes. and you know our i think our fan base just needs to really look themselves in the mirror and say you know are you are you going to really support this team or are you going to believe the crap you read on twitter every day and and are you yeah. Have you poisoned yourself so badly against this organization that you know maybe you should just sell your season tickets to somebody that wants to be there? There, there are people who believe that this team has has, you know, that the team has a legitimate shot in every game, okay, um, yeah. and, and wants to be there and support them. Um, you know, and I understand there's a financial factor and everything, but. But man, just just to change this up just a little bit, what I do have to say is that um, after that defense chant, when the Browns went back on defense um, in that throughout the fourth quarter, that stadium with about fifty percent of capacity of Browns fans, if that was as loud as I've ever heard a crowd. Yeah. yeah, I've well, never heard there, a louder a great crowd. Job. Yeah, um, we we were loud. Those of us, anybody who had a voice left, anybody yeah. who could clap or make any kind of noise, um, I've never heard it louder. So the people that were there 
did their job. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's our job as fans is to just, you know, is to be that 13th man and disrupt the other team's offense when they're out there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if we really had an effect on Purdy or not, but, you know, he didn't never really had to waste a time out or um, had a missed snap. But, um, you know, I like to think maybe maybe we did something. But, yeah. man, it was really loud. But, you know, some of us may not have lost our voices quite as early if the stadium would have had a few more Browns fans in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And not, not only that, though, I think there was a, a surprising to me this early on um, quite a few empty seats, I thought. Yeah. 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 That, that, that surprised me just as much. So, um, yeah, guys, I mean, honestly, aside from the Niner stuff, um, you know, that many fans being there, this was an outstanding game. It, it was a great day for the Cleveland Browns. It was a great day for all of us who were there. Um, you know, it, we couldn't have picked a better game to go and, and see. Um, you know, just just going in as the as the underdogs in your own stadium and just beating somebody that nobody else in the world thinks you can beat right um mm-hmm. just and and just defending your your stadium um you know it, it was great um i i don't know how many games i've been to now it's not been a ton but you know i i'm not gonna remember every game but but this one's gonna be hard to forget so yeah um, i'll say but, this rod that that you know it would have been really easy for our players to come into this game um, reading the press clippings, um, looking at social media, and then walking into the stadium and seeing it half filled with 49ers fans, it would have been really easy for our players to mail it in. Yeah. And, yeah I and, think that he gave and, up on finally yeah, happened. And they didn't. And, and they, they didn't. didn't. And neither and, did the fans who were there. And you, yeah, and you have to give our players credit for that. You have to, because Absolutely. in the past, I mean, I, I've seen plenty of times where players on this team would have mailed it in and not a single guy on that sideline did uh, no. from, you know, Mike Ford on the opening kickoff coverage, oh. pumping up the crowd. Uh, I mean, every time he was on the field, he was pumping up the crowd. Uh, I mean, the, the players came out with a chip on their shoulder and I think that's what carried them to victory. Um, yeah. and that, that is such a healthy sign for this organization that we don't have players in the clubhouse that aren't bought in. All the players are bought in. We just need the rest of the fans to buy in. Yeah. And that's why I'm tired of seeing any kind of posts related to the Browns being lucky in this game. Um, you know, or hearing excuses about the Niners. Um, our own fans don't put up with excuses about our team when we lose. So no. I don't need to hear excuses about the other team, especially when they're the best team. And I don't, you know, I don't know if it's all 49ers fans or if it's just the national media trying to make excuses as to why the Browns should not have won this game. But the thing that, and I'll be honest, guys, I don't really give a crap about uh, power rankings, but I thought, you know, I wanted to see what what some places did with power rankings based on this, um, mm-hmm. based on this win by the Browns, lost by the 49ers. And I pull up PFF um, first, and they they have the 49ers at still at number one, unchanged. Oh, I they're still know. at number one, unchanged. Um, they have the Browns at number 12, down one notch. <laughs> so the, yeah, and, and so, I put this, so I put this tweet out. I said, I, I believe PFF must have missed the fact that that, that field goal wasn't good. <laughs> right. They think, they think the 49ers made that field goal and won the yeah. game. In their mind, it should have been. Right. Yeah, so yeah. they're counting it. They're counting That's it right. like... Well, the, yeah, they're counting it like a win for the 49ers. Yeah, well, when the yeah. Browns lost in the past because of a missed field goal, nobody said, well, the Browns missed a field goal, so the win 
we're not giving you that much credit for the win. No, it doesn't go. It's got to go. Doesn't right. go that oh, way. The Browns yeah. should have won in Pittsburgh. Are we going to give the Browns, you know, yes, uh, you know, half a whether half you, a win for that? Whether you beat the Bengals twenty-four to three or the 49ers 19 to 17 it still counts as a win in the win it's column. A win. It's a it win still counts yes they all count as a win right yeah and sometimes you win games you're not supposed to and sometimes you lose games you're not supposed to and we've certainly lost our share of games we probably should have won yeah um but when it comes right down to it every single game in the NFL they keep it close um there's rarely a lopsided we've had two lopsided well three when you consider the fact that we lost a lopsided game also we've had three lopsided games out of our first five and that's really unusual in the nfl that's not something that that the league wants to see they want it to come down to a last second field goal every week every game right so knowing that the league is set up to do that it's kind of a, a crock for anybody to say that you know well they lost it that way you know uh, because of this or that excuse. No, that's the way every game is every week. And yeah. you either win them or you lose them. Right. Yeah. And somewhere yeah. in there, we rattled him, you know, to make him miss that. You know, we did it as the fans. Our defense on the field did it. You know, there, yeah. there's a reason his kick went awry. Let's remember that. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, guys. No kicks are guaranteed in this league. If, you, if, if they wanted to win, they, they should have scored a touchdown. You know, right. um, that's just how it is. And don't give me this. Um, well, you know, any any kick, you know, there aren't gimmies. This isn't golf where you get to pick your ball up when you're within two feet or whatever, you know, amongst <laughs> right. fronts. Um, there yeah, were we'll three missed that. kicks in that game, Rod. Three missed yeah. field goals in that game. Yeah, we yeah. missed one. Exactly. We missed one and they missed two. I mean, yeah, yeah I yes. mean. Um. Yeah, we, we'll uh, we'll give him that last one if, if they'll give us the one that our guy missed. There you go. Right. <laughs> so we stayed in that game. We were in that game the whole, the whole game through. You know, even though they scored out of the gate, and it looked like, oh boy, here we go. What's going to happen? What are we going to do before we saw them do what they did? Uh, they could have scored again, and and then put them in harder to stay in the game. But yeah. we stayed in the game and came down to it, and and it was our turn to to beat a team and show that we got some grit here, even all hobbled as we were. Right. You know, Rod, over the last few weeks, I've been pretty hard on our special teams. Um, they had a good game, a really good game this year, this week. Um, I think Jalen Darden did a nice job on returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and how about uh, Bjorquez with the 69-yard punt? That was, I think that was right before halftime. That was unbelievable. That was, that was almost like a momentum shifter. It was. You know? That yeah. was so big. And he um, had one yeah. more that just went out at the corner that would have been really awesome. Yeah. 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 We couldn't. Yeah. We had no idea where that went out where we were sitting. But yeah. But yeah. It, was but yeah, it looked close. So it yeah. Close. yeah. But I think they made the right call, quite frankly. So I'm that's, sure that's, that's, a, that's encouraging sure. to see, you know, that, that unit starting to get their act together. Um, yeah. Two, two of the three, you know, getting their act together. We just got to get our offense together. Right. Right. So uh, so before we move on and talk uh, just a little bit about the game coming up uh, um, on uh, Sunday, the Colts game, um, let's go back and look at the score predictions from last week. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we all picked low scores. Um, yeah. Which which we were on with, I think. Um, you know, I mean, we were giving the defenses credit, and maybe one, you know, maybe thinking that it might be raining a little bit. But uh, um, Jeff had San Fran in a close one, which which uh, he he came close to winning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I had the Browns winning sixteen thirteen, and John had the Browns winning seventeen sixteen. Mm. So. Um, I think I said specifically, Rod, that that San Francisco would win on a last second field goal. You may have, yeah, you may have. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was that so, close. God, I'm um, John. John is not here to defend his uh, prediction, so he only had him winning by one. I had him winning by three. So, 
We're going to call that a draw, guys. I think. Don't you think, Jeff? I don't know. I don't know which score is closer. I mean, his score is higher. Yeah. I'll give we'll you just call a it a draw. Boy, he's got half. Yeah. Gotta take one and get it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we I'm gonna write that often. So, um, so yeah, Browns playing the Colts. Um, Browns, of course, three and two. Colts are three and three. And yeah, you know, I was just looking at the, um, you know, the 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 uh, point totals. You know, totals for and against. Um, yeah. Browns. Um, and then I just worked out the averages. So uh, Browns um, so far are averaging um, 19 points for and 15 points against per game. Yeah. Um, Colts are averaging 23 points for and 25 points against so far. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, from from what I read, it's like, uh, you know, teams can't move the ball on the Colts. Well, they're giving up 25 points a game, so... People are doing something against them. So um, they have uh, they opened up with a loss to the Jaguars. Then they beat the Texans. Then they beat the Ravens in a game, which um, I think uh, Ravens played pretty poorly in that overtime game. Right, guys? Um, the Ravens and, did everything in their power to lose that game. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I yeah I think I remember watching it rooting against the Ravens, but. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then the Rams beat the Colts in overtime, so they had back-to-back overtime games, one win, one loss, and then the Colts beat the tit- the Titans, which uh, 23-16, which isn't all that impressive, um, and then then they just got beat up by the Jags again, 37 to 20. So yeah, um, a couple of, couple of games against the Jaguars where they gave up more than 30 points. Yeah, so so I don't know. I mean, they've got um, Gardner Minshew's playing. Their, I guess their starter, uh, Richardson, is out. But, I mean, he's a rookie, and Minshew's the, you know, mm-hmm. a, a vet. So I don't even know if that makes a whole lot of difference. Yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've got um, the running back. I can't think of his name right now. Back, but he hasn't even um, – I think he has 37 yards rushing so far. Um, you know, he hasn't played much, so, um, I don't really know what to expect. Um, you know, you don't want to take any team lightly, but, um, and, and you are playing there, but I don't see any reason to feel like the Browns can't go in and and play a good game against the Colts. There's a couple other stats I want to throw out, Rod. Um, so, uh, yards per game, how many yards the, the defenses are giving up? Browns are giving up less than 200 yards per game, leading the league. The Colts mm-hmm. are giving up almost 360 yards a game. Nice. So, so teams are are moving the ball up and down the field against their defense. Um, and in penalties, uh, they have dramatically more penalties than us. So even after even after even, the 49ers, even after that yeah. cluster against the 49ers, <laughs> 13 but, penalties. Yes. Uh, so. They they have way more penalties than us, twenty five to forty. So mm. this is not a good football team, and yeah. they have not played a defense like ours. They're they're scoring twenty three points a game against really bad defenses. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I would be shocked if they came anywhere close to twenty three points against our defense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, Browns are a three-point favorite in Indy. So, um, so yeah, Vegas kind of giving the Browns credit for almost a touchdown there. Um, Over-under, we'll just we'll call it 40, Yeah, uh, depending on where you look. It's, it's, I think it dropped a little bit today, Rod, because of the Watson, the latest Watson update. So Yeah, it dropped from 40-and-a-half to 40. So, there again, they, they give Deshaun Watson credit for about, about a half a point. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. the I love the Vegas numbers. Oh, your quarterback's not starting. Okay, we'll drop this by 0.5. Right. All right. And you, so uh, so yeah um, yeah quarterback's worth half a point in, in the NFL apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. So um, so yeah, I mean I mean yeah I I don't I don't feel like there's any direct pattern with the Colts. Um, 
you know, offense or defense. I mean, they, they've got some some skilled players who are decent, you know, and they've got some guys on defense, but um, it's it's they don't have the roster that the that the Ravens or the 49ers do. Um, so uh, so yeah, um, I, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens. So um, yeah. so um, Nick, do you, do you have any thoughts on this game? What what you expect or kind of how you're feeling going into it? Yeah, I, I do. I, I had seen over under at 39. I don't know if that was today or yesterday or what. So um, given what our defense has done, I think we're going to step it up a notch. 24-14 Browns. Nick going right to the uh, right to the uh, prognostication. Okay. <laughs> 24-14. Okay. Just sneaking under. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Jeff, you, let's, let's just throw out our uh, let's just throw out our uh, scores here. All right. I really thought you had. Yeah, you know the Browns came into the game against the 49ers averaging 19 points, and mm-hmm. they scored 19 points. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's a pretty good chance that they're going to score 19 points again, um, assuming that our defense. St- you know, still doesn't contribute anything uh, on the point side of things, which it's got to happen eventually. Um, but I'm going to go with 1910 Browns. Um, I don't think our defense will shut them out only because I think we're still going to turn the ball over and put them in tough spots um, until somebody shows me that, you know, they can value the football and, and not give you know other teams a short field. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say our defense won't pitch a shutout, but they'll come pretty dang close, um, against the Colts. And, um, I, I don't think this one will be as close as that nine point score indicates. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, well, gosh, you guys kind of right in the area where I was. So I'm trying to come up with a score that's somewhat different from yours, but still, reflects what I expect to happen. So um yeah, I'll just I'll just uh drop the yeah. No matter what I'm writing down here, Jeff, I'm coming up with a score that's almost identical to yours. So, um <laughs> which yeah, means I, we're both gonna be wrong. <laughs> probably so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got I mean my first thought I'm just gonna go uh Brown's um uh, Brown's twenty to seven in this game i think uh um i think that's i think that's about what they're going to do i don't see any reason why the browns can't you know uh, potentially score a little bit more and potentially give up less to to uh to a lesser colts team so um but but you know funny stuff happens so i could easily see see it being a little bit higher scoring game but this game's not going to get to get to the 40 point over um, Brown's defense is too good, yeah, and and their offense is not good enough. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's kind yeah, of what that, it comes down to. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Even though I got a higher score, I think we're all three of us are thinking both units are going to do you know step it up just a just a notch, and we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. We're we're kind of all on the same track. So, so yeah. let's hope they can go, uh, you know, um, two in a row here, and. Um, Start to get some stuff rolling, guys. For me, it's all about turnovers. If if we can cut that down um, and and take care of the football, um, our offense can score enough points even without our number one quarterback to to win games based on the quality of our defense. But we've just got to quit putting ourselves in in bad situations. Yeah, absolutely. So Nick, we uh, once again we appreciate you joining us tonight, and uh, anybody can catch up with you on Twitter at nhuber4. Uh, do you have any closing remarks for us tonight, or for the for the listeners? I guess we'll say. No, not really. But you know, I'm someone I like to tell my story, and I, uh, regardless of what the topic is, you know, my, my story is always cool for me to tell, and I appreciated the opportunity. 
to lay that out there today. And uh, I know it's probably a little bit unique, but it is what it is. And uh, and I appreciated the opportunity to talk to you guys and, and tell that story. I have told that on Twitter in pieces here and there in the past. I remember it's a, one follower who didn't have a football team and they were an Indians fan and they wanted, they're going to be a Browns fan and they were kind of tiptoeing in. And so I announced, you know, Hey, come on, you know, I, I was a Niner fan at once. I can, I'm a Browns fan. So <laughs> anything's, anything's possible. So uh, I really enjoy it. I really, you know, love the Browns. And, and like I said, I'm a fan of the Browns fans and, and always will be always pulling for you guys to get that, get that big one that you all been waiting for most of your lives. Yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nick. Uh, Jeff, any closing words tonight? Uh, it's just that, you know, I think we've we've won a couple of games now that we probably weren't supposed to win. Um, I'm going to put the Bengals and the 49ers both in that category that if you looked at those games, you know, before the season, you thought those are going to be tough wins. Um, we lost one against the Steelers that we probably should have or could have won. Um, but we're one game ahead of pace right now, you know, looking at, at how hard our schedule started out, we are one game ahead of the, of the ideal pace for this team. So stop focusing on who's playing, who's not playing, um, stop focusing on, you know, all the things that you think are wrong with this team and appreciate the fact that we got through the toughest part of our schedule with an above 500 record and there's still only room to go up. So better days ahead. Uh, very well said. Yes, yeah. sir. All right. This has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Woof.